Welcome now, the professors of pop. Welcome, everyone. I'm Stephanie Lachlan, and joined by my co-host, Jerry Gabriel. That's me. I'm the man, Jerry. We are your professors of pop. Today's episode is all about Canadian film. Now, when you talk about Canadian film, a lot of people respond with, what now? They just can't comprehend that there's anything good worth watching that doesn't come from some Marvel studio. But the truth is, there's actually so much great content that you can find in Canada. And today, joined uh, by our special guest, Matt Gardner. Hello. Who we collaborated, Jerry and I collaborated with on the film The Caretaker, which you can find on our YouTube page, 41 Productions. I know we've talked about it on here before, but hey, it's a movie we made. We're going to talk about it. Anyway, so the three of us are going to dive into what some of our favorite Canadian films are, favorite filmmakers, favorite actors, the whole shebang. So I hope you'll join us for this very special episode. Without further ado, class is in session. Coming up on the last night on the planet, and you're listening to CKRT. Good evening. I'm calling from the gas company. Rest assured that we will do our utmost to keep the gas flowing right until the end. So you're going to a party? You have to take life in your own hands. I'm surprised you could come. I thought you... What? You're being obnoxious. Yeah, well, exactly. Look what Santa brought you last night. It's... Not really Christmas today, is it, Mom? Would it hurt you to play alone just once? Get out of the way! My car got attacked. What I do find pathetic is people saying as soon as they hear that the world is ending, they rush out and try and hook up with someone like it was closing time at Studio 54. I want us to be together. It's not like I wanted sex with you, but I do feel like I, I, I like you. Tell me something to make me love you. So the first Canadian filmmaker is credited as a man named James Freer. He made documentary films about his life in the prairies. The Canadian Pacific Railway caught on to uh, James's movies, and they decided to actually use them as a tool to encourage immigration from the UK. The whole promotional event was so successful that they tried to do it again several years later, but by then people in the UK had queued into how cold Manitoba was and didn't want to come anymore. The first Canadian feature film that actually ended up being a success both in Canada and the United States was called Evangeline, but unfortunately that film is lost today. so So the National Film Board of Canada established in 1939 as a way of producing propaganda films for the Second World War. Obviously, that's an institution that still is around today, and they help co-fund almost every important Canadian film out there. When you examine the history of Canadian film, uh, in my personal opinion, the 1970s and the 1990s were the two best decades so far for Canadian film. In the 70s, you have stuff like Going Down the Road, 
And I saw recently they made a terrible uh, sequel to it called Going Down the Road again in 2011. I do not recommend that, but I do recommend checking out the original 1970 film. It's great. I watched it in film school, and uh, I watched it again recently when I was preparing for this episode, and I just, uh, I remember how much I loved it. Anyways, there's you also have some amazing Quebec uh, films, like Mon Oncle Antoine, which came out in 1971. Speaking of Quebec films, uh, I just I have to say, rest in peace, Jean-Marc Vallée. You were an amazing director, and I loved everything you did. Crazy is probably my favorite Canadian movie of all time. So you will be missed, sir. Anyways, but as I said, as we were moving into the 1990s, that cues in with uh, my pick for today's episode, which is Last Night. It just, is it okay if I just go first? Yeah. Like, um, talking about... Yeah, so just, just go into it, and then we'll start, then we'll start chatting. Yeah, yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, so... Right, and that's how you went in? Yeah. So the other decade, uh, besides the 1970s of Canadian film that I love so much, is the 90s, because that's when you start getting, you know, um, oh my god, the Paul Grosses, the Don McKellars, the David Cronenberg's uh, crash, which yeah, is yeah. ridiculous. You but get like a scene, like a Canadian yeah, they they literally actors. call it the Toronto New Wave, which is so pretentious. But you know what? A lot of those guys are really great. She's Toronto and New Wave pretentious. Like <laughs> uh, anyways, so the '90s uh, produced my favorite Canadian film, which is Last Night. Now, even people who have never heard of any Canadian films before will know the star Sandra O, oh, who's currently in Killing Eve. Uh, you've got Don McKellar. You've got even even isn't David Cronenberg in it? Yeah, yes. David oh, Cronenberg. He's the, the guy. Yes, gaz, the gas guy who calls you to tell you. That it's the most Canadian end of the world movie of all time. Everyone's so nice, and you've got the gas company guy calling you till the very end. Yeah, I thought it was a very realistic way of how people would behave, kind of the end of the world. It'd be like groups either like you know t- tossing buses over. And groups, like, celebrating, like, it's New Year's Eve. Oh, and then you have the Sarah Pollys yeah. who join, like, a religious cult, right? Wasn't no, that... No, she joins, like, a group of people who are just celebrating. It's like they're treating it like New Year's. The, and oh, they're yes. counting down. Like, the... And I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, my favorite my favorite thing that happens in it's little... The little snippets in it are great. There's, like, a giant uh, Randy Bachman concert where everyone's jamming <laughs> yes. to taking care of business. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I totally could see a bunch of people spending their last hour doing that. (laughs) Because what else is there to do, right? And then there's people that go to a concert and it's really somber. I I thought it was kind of a beautifully uplifting movie in a weird way. Where it's like, even because the ending is super dark. And then it it turns in the end. I don't want to give away the ending, but it's cool. That is absolutely on your homework list for this week. Watch Last Night. Uh, Matt, what did you think of of Last Night? I haven't seen it for about 10 years, um, but from what I remember is one thing that sticks out of my mind is that uh, <clears throat> there was that woman that's running around saying, she announces stuff and she kind of comes yeah, in and yeah, out yeah, of remember. the movie. It might be almost like a marker of, yeah, of you exactly. know. Uh, 12 hours left. Right. Six hours left. Like a jogger, an old lady jogger running around informing yeah. everybody how much time they have left. It's like, it's almost <clears> like, <throat> it's kind of cool because it's kind of like the last 
bit of control like you can have at the end. It's like I'm counting down. Like right. it's like control over it somehow. But work until the end. Yeah. So uh, Jerry, <laughs> if it was the end of the world, what would you be doing? Would you be partying? Would you be flipping over buses? I don't know. I kind of like the guy who's. Or having... would you be like that guy who screws everyone? I definitely like the screw guy because I think that's realistic. There's definitely going to be a lot of like fucking at the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, that that actor is actually in your pick for this week. Right? So Jerry, if it was the end of the world, what would you be doing? Would you be one of those people going to a concert, flipping over cars? Uh, I'd probably be one of the guys that was like screwing everybody. That scene with Callum uh, is amazing where he just goes through his bucket list of everyone he wants to have sex with. That's right. And, and he's the actor actually in, in the movie that I picked because he's part of the Canadian movie scene. And it's, his name is uh, Callum Keith Rennie. And, uh, Are movie, you reading that right now, Jerry? Yes, I am. Because I, I always forget his name. Anyways. Uh, but it's a Bruce McDonald movie called Hardcore Logo, and it also happened in the 90s. Uh, the best decade for Canadian film. Yep, according to the stuff. And I would agree, because all three movies that we picked, I think, are from that decade. So just to go show you, we already had great momentum. And we made good, move, good quality movies in the 90s, I think. Maybe they weren't the biggest movies, but Hardcore Logo is great, because it's literally like a follow-up to This Is Spinal Tap. It's a rockumentary. Just like this is Final Tap, where it blurs kind of the lines between like, is this a real band or not a real band? And it, it's kind of a made up band, but they're playing like songs that people know. And um, I would say that they're kind of like the punk in a world that's kind of like where punk's kind of becoming mainstream. So they're kind of dealing with that. They have one, uh, they're the band's guitarist has become like a famous guitarist and he's in another, like a, a like an alternative rock band and uh, he's making money. So the, basically the lead singer from the band that used to be in kind of like lies and tells him that someone is sick. I'm, I'm going to give a little bit of spoilers. It turns out this guy is not sick and he's doing a benefit concert. For Everything guys. we talk about on this podcast should be spoiler alert yeah, yeah. because we, we rarely we talk have, about new stuff. We have the magic, the, we're going to record the spoiler alert later yeah yeah um yeah so everything uh he's told is a lie and then it kind of boils over in this kind of con this this tour that goes off the rails basically like once the point of the tour is no longer like the point of the tour it just goes off the rails and the ending is like pretty cool um is it bruce mcdonald's best film I think it is. I think it's one of his. It's definitely one of his uh, better films. I, I mean, I, I think Highway sixty one is a great film too, but uh, it's great. It's got a great cast, uh, great Canadian uh, talent there. I mean, if you're a fan of uh, Battlestar Galactica, you'll know the actor, and um, he's done a whole bunch of other stuff. Like he's a great, he's a good, great actor, and uh, the tension's really good. And I like, I really like rockumentaries, and it brought it back, kind of like it finally it was bringing back, kind of like. Like, uh, kind of, uh, you know, like... Uh, there wouldn't be FUBAR without... Uh, yeah, no, there wouldn't be, yeah. yeah like, and it made, like, it was a good, it's a, it's a good uh, format for Canadian movies because it doesn't cost a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, exactly. You can make it like you're filming a documentary. Yeah. And we just don't have a lot of money to make movies. The 90s movies were really expensive to make. Mm. Remember that, you know? When they made a sequel to that in the 2000s, didn't they? Fubar? Hard, Fubar? No, Hardcore Logo 2. Oh, no, I oh. didn't hear that. Yeah, they, no, they gonna, made hardcore. I'm be watching that this weekend. I forget. I forget who's in it. I think I watched. I might have watched the whole thing or just part of it, but it wasn't. 
No, it's probably not good. It's I mean, not, like, it's not comparable. It seems like it's a one-time thing respect. with this movie. Yeah. Especially the way it ends. Anyways. <laughs> they want to keep that money machine rolling. Yeah, it's like FUBAR money, baby. FUBAR they money. They made FUBAR 2, too. <laughs> they, they have milked the shit out of FUBAR. The first one was great, but yeah. then I think they did 2 and 3 I'll and be a honest, TV what? show. And like, no, 3 I, I never saw, FUBAR? but yeah. 2 was kind of good when they go to Fort McMurray. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just see how dirty Fort McMurray is as a just a general place. I remember we saw that, yeah. <laughs> Not to bash anyone of our fans in Fort McMurray. You know who you are. That one guy. That one guy. Um yeah, and uh so like yeah, it's an epic Canadian movie uh, about music and it's kinda like uh Matt Your movie is also about kind of a music. musician music. Yeah, uh, uh musician. Canadian. It's uh oh. it's kind of actually lightly based off of uh Brian Wilson, inspired by Brian yeah, Wilson. Yeah, kind of tell that. Um, but it was made. This is Whale Music from 1994, uh, directed by Richard J. Lewis, who also directed. You might know him as a director from Barney's version, 2010, uh, starring Maury Chaikin, who passed away about what is it, 10 years ago. Cindy Preston plays Claire, and Paul Gross makes an appearance in some. Shots, scenes here and there. Paul as Gross makes an appearance in a Canadian film. Shocking. He yeah. does. Uh, it was driving me crazy. I'm like, who is this guy? I've seen him before. Uh-huh. It's the Do South guy. With a mullet. With a mullet. Yeah. <laughs> Epic. It was pretty good. <laughs> so it takes place in uh, BC, it looks like. Although I don't think it ever... It's supposed to be Toronto, but it's obviously BC. I yeah. see like BC. Play- Why can't they just call it BC? It's and obviously called BC. called the city Vancouver. Yeah. So weird. And <laughs> maybe they thought it would sell better to an American audience if it took place in Toronto or something. Really? Who knows? Who knows? So it begins, the story begins when this recluse aging rocker, um, Des Hal, is kind of wandering around his mansion. It's kind of a decrepit mansion. It's kind of a ghost, you know, with his past memories and stuff like that. And one day he finds this, this woman laying on his, uh, on his couch. Um, he at first he just thinks it's a hallucination, right? Because he's all, you know, his brain is damaged from drugs, so he's kind of living through past traumas and stuff like that. And at f- during the first two interactions with her, he thinks that she's a total hallucination until he realizes that she's not. And she basically kind of fixes up the place, um, tries to help him out, get him back on his feet, you know, buying him groceries, stuff like that. Um, I guess his faces, as an audience, we kind of see into his, the, the past traumas that he's experienced, mostly his, the death of his brother, Paul Gross. Um, I think it was he, like a double like uh, thing. It was like yeah, he, caught his, he caught his brother and his wife like cheating on him. You find out later on in the movie, yeah, um, there's a scene where it's kind of ambiguous. He just, you know, he walks into the room and he sees something that looks like it's obviously a flashback of right. people, you know, screwing like baboons, fucking like baboons, as yeah. he says. It's a, it's a, it's a good day, it's <coughs> a way to, to uh, see how he, his mind is like. Fractured. He's just basically kind of incapable of yeah. living a normal if, life. You have two horrible things happen in a row. Like right. you get a shock, and then you go into another shock, and it could. And this then, uh, this she, man has baggage. Baggage. Yeah. And Claire out. also has like shot baggage too. Like she was, I think, uh, sexually assaulted by her stepfather or something. It's yeah, she's suggested. kind of she actually she's kind of a broken child, yeah. kind of a, a character that helps, you know, helps Des out and. In doing that, kind of dredges up bad feelings, and he can't go. Kind of goes off the deep end during the climax of the movie. 
during the yeah. uh, the dinner party scene. We're trying to get everybody to do a reunion, and he just kind of freaks out and he says, "There's no, there's not going to be any reunion without yeah. Danny, who's his dead brother." I, I have to say that totally. It, the movie definitely reminded me of uh, Love and Mercy, even though uh, right. I mean, it just came out, Love and Mercy. Came out Brian after. Wilson, yeah, yeah, Brian yeah. Wilson. I'm like, yeah, like everything, even the pool, like hanging out by the pool, <laughs> mm, right? <laughs> Except the pool in this movie is a swamp. It's like disgusting. <laughs> even the music that he makes in the studio in the movie yeah. sounds very similar to you know pet sounds. Pet Brian sounds. Wilson, yeah, kind he's of like stuff. whale sounds. He's whale like, sounds. I gotta get dolphins in here, and he gets a he gets a he gets some musician to come. He's like, oh, he said dolphin. I thought you meant Delphi, like right. some jazz musician. He's like, well, I can do dolphin. <laughs> oh, yeah, what was that? What was, what was that guy's name? Mookie or Mookie or something? Yeah. Mookie Saunders. Yeah. yeah. So the so the story the the movie is actually based on a um, a graphic novel from 1988, um, written by now this name this is a weird name Paul Corington. Coring, Q U. We'll put it in the show notes so you know yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. You could read it yourself, mispronounce John it. John Q. <laughs> and he actually was awarded the Governor Gen- Governor General Award in 1998. Uh, 1988, same year. Yeah. It was uh, named. That's cool. I didn't know it was a graphic novel, but I didn't know either. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, a lot of great stuff uh, is adapted from graphic novels. Yeah, like The Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're not Canadian. This one's Canadian. Yes, right. <laughs> Canadian. Canadian. Uh, unless some, I'm sure there's some good Canadian graphic novels that people can do in movies now. I don't know. Not really into the graphic novel scene myself. I don't know what's going on there. Films and music, I feel like, are Canada's I'll be greatest you, strengths. If I, if there's a graphic novel, I'm like, is there a book version? I'm like, I'll rather read a book. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? Fair enough. We're actually guy. pretty great writers too. Yeah, no, I always want. I'm a book guy. Like, I'm either a book or a movie or like a sound. Okay, so as if novels, we're, uh, I appreciate the art form and I understand yeah. it. Yeah. If we're uh, if we're wrapping up here today. Uh, are there any other Canadian artists you feel like just giving a shout out to? Uh, Danny Villeneuve, the guy's a genius. I have not seen the new Dune yet, but uh, I've heard good things. Yeah. I mean, I relate to it. Uh, I mean, like, you don't like Xavier Dolan? He's done some pretty cool stuff that I like. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Ever since I saw him outside uh, screening at TIFF, like, f- flirting hardcore with the lead in his movie. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty funny. He just struck me as someone who's a little too into himself. Yeah. Uh, James but Cameron. I do admit, I do admit that Mommy Mommy is an amazing movie, and he deserves all the credit he's gotten for that. But yeah. um, I haven't really seen anything since then. That yeah, yeah. Go. And Matt, if uh, we're closing things up here today, any other Canadian artists? It could be something besides film. Just anyone else you want to give a shout-out to that's Canadian, that you appreciate their work? All I do is watch movies, so I don't. I don't know. Last night I no, it's not true. Last night I watched um, Scanners for the first time. Classic, classic. classic. I've never seen it for some reason. I don't know why. Um, it was obviously filmed in Montreal because we could spot out some of the yeah. some of the scenes and stuff like that. Um, and of course, the head blowing up, uh, famous scene and stuff. I would say it wasn't my favorite Cronenberg movie. Really? Yeah. No, no yeah. Me, me neither. He's done so. Many I other just ones. saw The Dead Zone, and it's excellent. Like, Dead Zone's really, a classic. Such a good movie. Yeah, I already saw it before, actually, just recently, and I was like, oh, I can't believe I've never seen this movie before. <laughs> okay, so yeah. if we are wrapping up today, as always, what's your homework from this episode? You've got to watch all Canadian movies from the seventies and nineties, like Going Down the Road, Mon Oncle Antoine. You've got to watch every single French. 
<laughs> Quebecois movie made. Uh, I highly recommend Crazy if you're going to start somewhere. Then we're talking about movies from the 90s, you know? Yeah. Just as I think we agreed today, that's the best decade so far of Canadian film. And I'm sure that won't be the last. So uh, what's wrong with the 80s? I just have a question. What's, what's the matter with the 80s? What do you have against the 80s? Canadian okay, movies? if we're going to get into it, um, I just didn't like the movies that came out at that time. I can't say I'm a huge Adam McGoin or Cronenberg fan. I think my mom took me to Meat Market. It's terrible. <laughs> meat, that, meat. The problem with the, the 80s is for some reason uh, Canadian movies were like, we should be more like American movies. I, I think that I, was the problem. And in Canadian, I find... It was an identity crisis, and that's why the '90s was good because the '90s was like trying to deal with the Canadian identity crisis. Mm-hmm. And I don't find that happened in the '80s. I find the '80s like let's just make American like movies, slasher flicks, a lot uh, of them. They were basically they were good. They were good, but I find like they weren't like they weren't I, they weren't the best that guy. I'm trying to think of uh, uh, some titles, and I'm I'm kind of at a loss that aren't Cronenberg, or, right? Right. You know, Dead Zone is in the 80s. Yeah, Dead Zone. Video Drone is in the Video Drone is a pretty good one. No, that's the 80s. Scanners that's 84. Was the 80s. Yeah. I was in Scanners 3. I was an extra. Oh, yeah. I got paid in food. Really? Yeah. They didn't Sounds about right for a Canadian production. <laughs> they didn't have money to pay us in cash. They paid you in poutine. Yeah, I was. they shot it at the big O. There's a scene where some guy's head explodes. Surprise. <laughs> mm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. A guy's head explodes. <laughs> and to prepare for the next episode, I want you to start thinking about your favorite book to film adaptations. Our next episode, we're going to be talking all about that with special guest Elizabeth Lachlan, who happens to be my sister. Oh. So as always, don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. We go under 41 Productions. We are the Professors of Pop. Thank you very much, Matt, for joining us. Yes, thank you, Matt. Matt, Matt, we haven't seen you since we made that movie. The Caretaker, which you can find on the 41 Productions YouTube page. That's right. What, uh, What happened to you after that? I don't know. I don't know what happened. I got into like some serious stuff and... Yeah, I, I like your shots. You did a lot of cool shots in that movie. Very impressive. It was, yeah, no, it was fun to do. It was the first uh, movie I made, um, I guess, without a family member. I guess you could say that. Right. Um, so it was us three, and we, yeah, we basically just—it was a trial and error exactly. kind of experience. Yeah. You know, for next time when we're making something, know what not to do. Yeah, right? exactly. That's the thing is, you got—that's the way to make movies. Is you gotta make, keep making them. Right. Uh, it's like with anything. The more you do it, the more you learn what not to do, and then you get better. It's the ultimate film school. It is. I mean, make a movie. Absolutely. That's your film school. People Don't are spending bother. all this money to go to film school and everything before I, they actually. I went to three years of film school. I was just writing notes right. about films, film history. I'm like. Are we gonna make movies? It's like, oh, you don't. This is not the. This is not the program you take for that. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, studies. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. I, I took the wrong thing. <laughs> 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 don't do that, people. Don't go to film. Do I I got my bachelor's in film studies, and then I went on to have a very exciting career in retail. Film studies, a real education for real world. <laughs> yeah. I think what they should do with in all in school is like it should be like. If you're learning any kind of theory, you should learn some practice because, like, it helps with the theory too. Well, the first the first assignment should be go get a camera, 
if you don't already have one, yeah. you know, get a couple of buddies or friends or even, you know, peers from the classroom here and go out and make a short movie. Yeah, just was, go it. Do the first assignment. Yeah. Go do it. And bring it back. We, you know, do a as critique. My, uh, Dawson teacher from uh, film studies, Dawson teacher, told me us, you know, get a camera and follow someone into a, one of those porn booth places. Right. That's right. real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we'll see you all next time. Class dismissed. Welcome now, Bye-bye. the professors. The professors of, of Pop is a forty-one productions podcast. By Stephanie Laughland and edited by Jerry Gabriel. Opening music by Matt Gardner. Special effects courtesy of the respective creator. Last night clip courtesy of Universal Studios.